Welcome back this week. Shalom Aleichem. Good Shabbos. My friends and family, the weekend is here. Let's enjoy. Let's get right into the episode. Sneak peek, by the way. I had a little realization. I connected some dots. And Tell me what you think about this. Let's go. Everybody, everybody, everybody. So I had talked about this last episode a little bit on hard situations actually put us in better situations. It was the example of if we go, if we walk, if we, oh, if we live a block from a supermarket, we'll walk. No point in driving. It's a waste of time. Even though we can all agree driving is more efficient and productive, a person that lives five kilometers from the supermarket, they're going to drive. So by being in a harder situation, it makes us find effective, productive ways Just like people in an okay relationship will stay in that okay relationship. People in an okay job will stay in that okay job. It takes a bad relationship, a really bad job, to put us in a situation that was better, but also a situation we should have been doing since the beginning. Does that make sense? I'll connect the dots here. I had, I tried killing myself. I think I've said it a few times in this podcast. Believe it or not, By having a horrible self-talk that made me stand on a balcony ready to jump. That propelled me to find coping mechanisms. That propelled me to find peace, health, wealth, family, love, compassion, kindness, discipline, sacrifice. That it helped me find all that. Because let's say life was eh, passable. It was okay. Then who knows? Maybe I would have just kept doing mundane shit and never stepping things up and leveling up and making my life the video game it is because there's this concept philosophical suicide where you are in such a present mindful state it is no different than being in death you are in this infinite present moment going to a second point in the movie everything everywhere all at once she can get to every dimension she wants Therefore, she sees no meaning to anything. And she wants to go to not just three dimensions. She wants to hit a whole new dimension of nothingness, aka godliness. But also that means death. She's killing herself by going to the everything bagel. Like the in the dark place, the void. She's in the void. However, her mother comes to save her and show her that you can change someone's life in that reality. One sec, let me turn the vibration off. And it was touching. I'm not going to go off in the whole movie plot. It was just touching because she realizes nothing matters, but I can make everything in this one moment matter. It was beautiful. And that makes me think about enjoying the process of something, building the life, that our life is like a game we get to build. We construct this world ourselves. We might as well, even though nothing does make sense, we might as well take that and make it into something beautiful. Camus, this guy, a Greek myth, pushes a rock uphill the rest of his life for punishment it's what he has to do the rest of his life so he shifts his mindset and enjoys it he finds a process about it that he likes and then it becomes joy the rest of his life gang i was pushed to find awesome coping mechanisms that i want to project on you this is how i'll finish this concept off and i want you to listen closely to this when building your fortress of solitude and peace at first it's very vulnerable to the storms doesn't take a lot to knock it down 
Picture someone building their fortress of solitude and peace. Okay, picture that. Storm comes and knocks it down. But there isn't a storm for a little while. So a person can build, 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 and now it's a little more sturdy. It, it doesn't all crumble, but a little bit crumbles the next storm comes along. They keep building, keep building. It's bigger. Now the storm didn't knock it down, but it's still very vulnerable to a bad storm. And so you build, you build, you build. Bad storm comes along, knocks a bunch down, but you're dedicated to building. Again, it's this process. You fall in love with the process of building yourself, building better habits and mindsets. So you're building. You get a house. Oh, no, just a hut. You build a hut. And the hut, it, it withstands a bunch. You can sleep in it. You can do this. You can kind of enjoy it and call it your own. You're proud of yourself for what you did, but you're still scared that something might knock it down. So you're guarding a little. You build more, you build a house. That's pretty bulletproof. But instead of just sitting there passively and saying, okay, I built a house, I'm good now. I can sit back and relax. That's wrong. Roofs break, bricks deteriorate. You need to keep maintaining. You need to build more and more until you get to the point you've built your castle of peace and solitude. A castle, it's bulletproof. Uh, now you are proud of this place but also other people feel safe in your castle people want to come to your castle because it feels more safe than theirs they haven't built a house they've built the hut and it's vulnerable to a bad storm and they want to be safe secure and not fearful and this is how you can project love kindness joy passion on other people is by building these fortresses of solitude and peace that other people want to be a part of, but ultimately you want to invite them over. You say, come to me because you want them to feel safe, secure, and peaceful. Does that make sense? And you keep adding to that castle. Why? Because you fell in love with the process of building it. And so you just keep adding because it's the process you love. The people that don't fall in love with the process of benefiting themselves and making their life better are the ones who don't even build a hut to begin with. And storms come and they get soaked and drenched and they start identifying with that person. And they think that if they were to kill that identity, they're going to kill themselves. At least that's their irrational ego. So gang, build your fortress of solitude. A situation that is really bad is a blessing in disguise. Always has been, always will be. And that's why I am, I can't believe I say this sounds absurd. I am glad that I had the horrible self-talk that was in so much pain that it wanted to end its consciousness. Imagine a consciousness so much in pain, it wants to end the friends going out to give it stimulus. That's another point I'll bring up right now. So if you want to listen to all that spiel again, go back and listen to it because that's really important stuff. And the second part is, get this, how crazy is this? Our brain is just mush. It's tissue. It's nothing more than tissue in darkness. What does the brain have though? It has nervous systems linked to senses, meaning the nervous systems linked to your eyes, your ears, your smell, your taste, your hands to touch. These friends, these messengers go out into the world, collect stuff to send back as messengers to the brain. And the brain says, ah, thank you. We're going to call this sound. We're going to call this touch. We're going to call these things. And these patterns keep arising and these patterns keep us alive. So we're going to keep going out and getting those. And the brain communicates with the messengers. You could argue philosophically, this is exactly the same thing as our consciousness or our awareness, these things that have been forever, never been created, never been destroyed. You could argue these things exist, the nothingness of awareness and consciousness. I don't know if you follow that, but what I'm saying is awareness has never been created or destroyed. It's an infinite. My awareness is the same as your awareness. 
The things we are aware of are different because we've constructed them as different using our messengers, the senses, but our awareness is the, the same. We actually are all interconnected through our awareness. And this is why it breaks my heart that there's war and conflict because we're all the same people. We're all aware of the same things. At least our awareness is the same. Therefore, what if, I, what if it's the same as the brain? What if awareness, the essence, the infinite, uh, godliness if you want to call it, sent out things, physical things, to give it meaning? Just like the brain had to create senses and thought to actually name itself, otherwise it would cease to exist. And we extrapolate this on a deeper level. Our awareness, our consciousness, God, you could just say, I don't know, let's just use awareness and consciousness, sends out people, furniture, anything physical you can imagine, sends out atoms into the universe to create constructs for the opposite of those physical constructs, which is nothingness. And this is where yin-yang paradoxes come in. And every episode I talk about this is that nothingness created somethingness so that somethingness could create nothingness into something. And that's the yin-yang paradox in action. In a nutshell, find a process you love. Do that forever and you're at peace. Simple as that. Build the cathedral, build the cathedral of peace and, and solitude and you are at peace. You're good. It's the people that don't enjoy the process will never go far. It's what's the saying? A man who enjoys walking will walk longer than the man who walks because he has to. Something like that. You get what I'm saying. Let's move on. Wait, before we move on though, I, I just have to say one more time is the people will come into your life and you'll invite people into your life when you provide that safe, peaceful, solitude vibe. I, I use these metaphors like cathedral. I use the metaphor of like palace and, and fortress of peace. But in reality, that's just your aura. People sense that around you when they talk to you, when they see you, when they, you walk by. People sense this. People sense it. And uh, I'm telling you, it's just really, really fun to practice and think about. I'm not, it's, this isn't a superiority complex because I'm working on this constantly. This is why I, this is why, because I've just realized I can work on this and that it's been benefiting me. I want you to feel the same exact thing I feel. Because one of my morals in life is love and compassion and that and i want to give you that compassion i want to give you that love that i feel i want you to feel what i feel so gang the universe knows everything that we need and you might think the universe doesn't know what i want or need what are you talking about let's get philosophical it's easy to get caught up in the physical constructs of it doesn't know that i want a job it doesn't know i want the ferrari it doesn't want to know that i want friends these are all physical let's get deeper something a little more metaphysical the universe, which is, let's just say, nothingness, opposite of our physicality, it knows what we need, which is to connect back to the source. Hence, what if physicality was simply created as a vessel to get back to the source of physicality, nothingness? Therefore, the universe knows what we need. The universe knows that we're, in order to even be a thing, the universe, essence, infinite, Infinity, the nothingness, knows that it needs physicality to exist. Therefore, it knows what we need. We need to connect back to the source so we can even connect to our physical selves and vice versa. And some learn this later, some learn this sooner. There's no arguing yet there's yin-yang. 
there's no arguing there's yin yang that's just how think of music music has silence and tone and pitch when pitch and tone stop and change that means there's silence and then tone and pitch and these contrasts are what make music otherwise if a note lasted infinitely and forever it wouldn't even be a note it'd be like silence like silence lasting forever vice versa right that's yin yang so again going back for a second to that thing with the brain sending out messengers and the nothingness the infinity of the universe the essence the universe sending out us humans and physical atoms and rocks and other things the source doesn't control what's happening the source just creates the stage sets the stage for whatever unfolds okay it's like the sun's the source of light once the light leaves it can be affected by all the chaos of the world but the sun's the source another analogy is the blacksmith creates the sword but then what's done with the sword is not up to the blacksmith but they both need each other the person creating stuff with the the person messing around with the sword needs the blacksmith for the sword to even be possible and that's what the source is so they actually need each other same with the blacksmith needs someone to go mess around with their sword to be in business creating swords the sun needs light to do random things and create holographic images in our brain to create a reality in order for the sun to exist the sun needs that the sun needs our constructs our constructs also need the sun. That's the synergy of the universe. Remember that. Now remember, when our brain gets light through our eyeballs and constructs a reality, we had to learn what the name of that reality was. So we get the light and it shows a wall. Someone has to say, that's a wall, and the wall stops people from getting through somewhere, or the wall stops wind from hitting. All these things we learn. We had to learn. It's just nat it's not natural. So in essence we can relearn whatever we want we can learn whatever we want it's all super subjective to whatever it is we want to believe or someone wants us to believe and that i hope that opens the doors up to some freedom where you're like holy shit i can actually learn whatever i want and do whatever i want technically speaking but it might be too late for some people the beliefs are too ingrained the ego is so strong it's going to fight any new self-talk and, and actually going back to some depression and anxiety and suicide and stuff is like people's self-talk, the ego gets so strong with their identity, so strong, unbeatably strong, that when things threaten a person's ego big time, the ego can override and it's called the pain body. It's this self-talk that it would rather kill off whatever physical thing is going on. So if all, if the environment is threatening the ego big time, the ego will actually sabotage like a parasite does to grasshoppers it will the self-talk will say we cannot live on this physical plane in these three dimensions anymore because you're so against me that i'm i'm gonna take oh, i'm gonna convince you you don't need to live here anymore this information is rotten for you and people and kill themselves because they, they say i don't want to live anymore meaning i don't want like my ego doesn't want the information from this physical world coming in and threatening my identity. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I'm getting some really deep stuff here, but let's keep moving on. And we're going to get into some gratitude. But a thought I had here in regards to this, I actually, I never realized, I think gratitude is directly linked to peace, presence, and just the whole concept of nonlinear time. So technically, we've constructed time. That was constructed by our brain, by human beings. And it's a means to survive. The fact that we say there's a timeline, birth, death, this is exactly what needed to be for us to have a will to live. 
survival it's essential in these three dimensions we live in otherwise the existence wouldn't be a thing survival resembles death and birth and that that is why we have a timeline now that's the linear time frame we constructed this is why survival itself is essential for our three-dimensional reality to exist since we constructed every ounce of our three-dimensional reality now since yin yang theory itself is a human construct yin yang theory is one half of true yin yang so what i just said immediately became a paradox because anytime you label anything you're now just again constructing physicality the opposite to that is nothingness and that can't be described it's like what eckhart tolle called was a signpost is you can hold a sign up saying this is the park with the name of the park on it but the only way to experience the park is to be in it yourself you cannot bring it to anyone and it's the same thing with the second we give a con we give it a label a form identity belief definition to anything it once again falls under that physical three-dimensional space that we live within now this by the way is what we call a tesseract that nothingness the the fourth dimension and go google that because to explain you have to see it it's, to see it explains it best than words responding the universe is is like a gift playing over and over again pretty much um, therefore when you're present you get to experience no time when you are present you experience no time at all you experience a glimpse into another dimension we need to have these contrasts and pockets into other dimensions or else ours don't exist. The paradox would cease to exist at that point. If the paradox doesn't work, we'll cease to exist, which means the concept of non-existence would cease to exist. And then there would be nothing, aka God, but even God wouldn't exist because an ultimate truth or ultimate realness needs an ultimate lie or an ultimate falseness. Understand? This is truly one of the greatest enigmas and paradoxes I've ever come across in my life. This is why I've leaned into religion. This is why I've leaned into philosophy. This is why I've leaned into just being at peace. It's one of my principles in life. It's one of the deepest paradoxes I've come across in regard to explaining the universe and existentialism as a whole, really, in a nutshell. It is that whole yin-yang paradox and everything I just explained. Very, very, very cool to me. And people go, Zev, why? Why do you need to know this? Because I'm building my temple so that when storms hit, I cope and I'm bulletproof. And other people can sense that. Whether they call that something. Again, they can label it whatever they want. Only I can feel that. And I'm not even going to start using words. I could use words to explain it. But then it, your definition of a word is different than mine. If I say love, you think of your experiences of love and lack of love. If I say calmness, you think of your experiences of calmness and lack of calmness. You name it, you have your own experiences with slight tweaks to the definition. Therefore, I'm just going to say whatever that is personally that I feel when I've built those coping mechanisms during storms. You also have your, and people like that feeling. Again, we could label it for days. People like whatever that is called and they want to be around that. It's just like I want to be around that. And that goes full circle into our will to live. We want to be tribal. We want to be around people that remind us of living. And that's wild. That's why philosophical suicide is a thing and that's why on a physical level this is a hot take to end this but if someone i can't ever blame someone for killing themselves there's very deep philosophical reasons for doing so uh, but i once again am another product of someone who didn't because i succumbed to my will to live through my hormones and chemistry brain chemistry so 
Well, that was a dense episode. These 20 minutes were dense. You might want to listen to some of that again. I love this. I love diving in. So much fun for me. Take care. I love you guys. Shalom Aleichem. Good Shabbos. And this is Zev Weisdorf signing off. Bye.